Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop, where each week and every week we travel across the ocean to mainland China and try their local spirit. Yes, that's right. Today we are in high spirits, and I'm talking high alcohol content spirits, as we talk about Baijiu. This is something we've never had before, so I'm so excited to try this. As am I. I'm Stu. I'm Michael. Cheers. Cheers. Just, I'm literally just unscrewed the Baiju for the first time, and this is a 425 mil bottle. It's tiny, but it was apparently very expensive. That's a that's a fuckload of Baiju, dude. Actually, yeah, I've underestimated the size of these cups. Let's just split this. Oh no! There goes 20 year old Baiju on onto the. Tablecloth. <laughs> oh no, I know I've tasted it. Oh no. Oh damn. Oh, it's good? You've tasted that drip? And I, I feel like I need to taste that other drip as well because <laughs> that's that's got to be worth like a couple of bucks. Yeah, this is... Turns out this is like top shelf Baiju. $110 US? Was it? Oh... Well, thereabouts from one of the sites that we found for it, because we we did not acquire this ourselves. We have to give an absolutely massive thank you and shout out to Karen from Hong Kong who got us this. Yeah, fantastic! Thank you so much. We appreciate you for getting this for us. Yes, and of course, now that we've found information about it, we can tell you what it is. Yeah, which is good. Go go Google Translate. <laughs> yeah, so it turns out that what we are drinking is Fengzhu 20-year-old grand prize Baiju. This is this is a limited edition uh bottling apparently for some reason. Yes, according to these details that I'm looking at here, it is a classic representation of light aroma from Jinghua Kun Shangzi, made of sorghum, barley, pea, and distilled water. It is a commemorative edition, blended with Fengzhu that aged for a minimum of twenty years. Mm. Has light aroma. It is light aroma with sweet peas, fermented grains, and slightly lingering honey finish. Hmm. I'm super keen. So, yeah. You know what? Let's get this tasting out of the way. I'm. I can't wait. Yeah, I, I am also excited. Are you ready, my friend? I'm ready. Let's smell it first, because the wow. smell, Baiju is all about the smell. And this is light aroma. Yeah. This, yeah, this is... Wow. The, the light aroma smells fantastic. I don't know, it smells kind of like paint. <laughs> I mean, a, a little, but it's it's like, it's paint thinner I want to drink. If it's, it doesn't really smell well, like paint thinner. Well, for for the uh, uninitiated, I guess it would smell like paint. Um, I'm smelling things like soy sauce, um, caramel, rice. Definitely smells a, 
you can definitely smell a little bit of sake kind of yeah, flavor. Yeah, there's, there's depth and complexity to the nose of this. But you That's know, one, for sure. But, you know, once you get over the, um, the paint stripper smell... Yeah, and I think that's just because it's it's strong. This one's only 42%, and I say only 42%, mm. because Baiju comes anywhere up to 65%. Which is just bonkers. It's like the Chinese gin, I'm getting the feeling. Because like you can get gin from like 37% all the way up to like 70%, which is also bonkers. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, um, but they... they you know, experiment with different flavors and regions and uh, types of grain that they use. So I would, yeah, I would probably call this a a, a equivalent in terms of um, almost usage or uh, style. Oh. Maybe it, like it, I'm not I'm not explaining this very well. I've had a very bad day at work, and I'm my brain's a bit fried. As far as variation goes, I can see the similarities. Yeah. That's what I I think. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, that there's there are similarities in variation, mm. but uh, something that we might as well point out at this juncture is that this is the best selling liquor. In the world. Well, yeah, that's because the Chinese buy it in, buy it basically by the keg. They drink so much of it, but it's still basically unheard of outside of China. Yeah, that's right. In, uh, in 2018, some 10.8 billion liters were sold yeah. of Baiju. Which is... So, 10.8 billion liters. Yeah, that's... Billion. Way, way and above over... Scotch, gin, whiskey, yeah, brandy. Yeah, more than the combined sales of whiskey, vodka, gin, rum, and tequila for that year. Yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, outside of Chinese culture, it is relatively unknown, and a large proportion of even the international sales are attributed to Chinese expats or holidaymakers. <laughs> <laughs> Makes perfect sense, because this is not, this is not especially... Uh, I guess it's an acquired taste, and we we as Westerners are used to drinking things like gin, whiskey, uh, wine, or grape wine, and this is not made from any of the any of those things. Yeah, though so far as I guess quality and nose, it is very similar to whiskey. Mm. I totally forgot to heat the cups. Uh, and they actually feel quite cool to the touch. Yeah, because they're cast iron. That's why they're so heavy. Mm. Oh, well, see how we go. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Oh! That's... Oh! That's incredible. Oh, wow. That really is. It's like one sip takes you on a fucking journey. Yeah. Like, this variety of flavors, it's... It's almost the only thing I can liken it to is what they describe the chewing gum meal in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory as, where it's like a flavor, and then that flavor fades out and is replaced by a different flavor, and then that one fades out and is replaced by a different flavor. 
Because it's, it's not like you get all these flavors at once. It's like they cycle through somehow. Yeah. That's amazing. But I can see see what all the descriptions mean when they say it's a lot like whiskey. Because mm. it, it has a very, very similar mouthfeel. I mean, given that it's aged as well. Yeah. Um, which is quite uncommon. They don't normally age this that long. No, but I guess as as a premium by Jew, it's, mm. it's had its 20 years. Yeah. So, it's like... I think the best way I can describe it is if soju and Irish whiskey had a baby, this would be it. Yeah, like it's... It's bitey, but it's smooth and it's complex and with a lot of the similar flavors of rice wines and rice rice brandies. Yeah. Mm. This is There is I ha, there is nothing quite like this. No, and I I now that I'm drinking it entirely understand why this is at the center of family gatherings and business meetings alike throughout China because but holy moly has it got a kick yeah <laughs> yeah but the, the kick is very quickly fades out and is just replaced by everything else yeah that's amazing wow yeah I am oh, stunned Stunned, I say. Mm. Wow. Like, so I suppose we should stop ranting, ranting and raving about it and actually tell you uh, what on earth Baiju is. Yeah, so I guess, I mean, Baiju, it literally translates to white or clear liquor. And it is, as it says on the box, a clear liquor. And it's yeah. usually distilled from fermented sorghum. And or other grains, including rice, glutinous rice, wheat, barley, millet, or even the Mayuan variant of Kualakrama Jobi. Say that three times fast. Mm. And uh, depending on the style in which it's being made is which one they choose to use. And different areas of China produce it in different styles. Mm. With the, the starter culture being used for... The starter culture used in Baiju is usually made from pulverized wheat grain or steamed rice. Yeah, and uh, I suppose an important differentiation should be made here between style and classification because the style is literally where it was made and how it was made, but the Chinese government classifies Baiju not based on the flavor or the production method, but the smell. Mm. Which is different from most other, well, it is different from all other Western classifications because they all classify based on uh, where it was produced or what it was produced with. Yeah. But here it doesn't matter. No, it's all about what does it smell like and does it fit into one of those smell categories? And if it does, it's Baiju. And uh, there are four major categories which account for the majority of the market. Those are strong aroma, light aroma, which is what we're drinking, sauce aroma, and rice aroma. And, of course, there are subcategories to those categories. But strong aroma is 
sweet tasting, unctuous in texture and mellow with a gentle lasting fragrance contributed by the high level of esters, primarily ethyl hexanoase, which give the spirit a strong taste of pineapple, banana and anise. And mostly because of that class, are distilled from sorghum, sometimes in combination with other grains, and continuously fermented in mud pits. And that style was formerly known as Lu Aroma or Lusheng after the supposed inventor of the style, the Luzhou Laozhou Distillery in Luzhou. So light aroma, which is what we're drinking here, tends to be delicate, dry and light with a mellow and clean mouthfeel. The flavors of this liquor is contributed primarily by ethyl acetate and ethyl lactate, which gives the spirit the taste of dried fruit with floral notes. It's made from uh, sorghum fermented in a stone vessel with Q, or a starter, made from wheat bran or a combination of barley and peas. Peas! Peas! And I I do get a slight pea flavor in this. Yeah, yeah. And dear listeners, don't take that in a dirty way. This tastes like the vegetable pea. Peas. Um, the two primary styles of this liquor are Fenju from the Shanxi province and Ergotu. Ergotou? Ergotou? I'm, I'm not sure. From Anyway, it's from Beijing. And formerly this style was called Fen Aroma after the Jinghuakuan. Jinghua Kwan Fenju Distillery. I'm sorry for butchering any of these pronunciations. So then there is Sauce Aroma, which is a fragrance distilled sorghum liquor of bold character named for its similarity in flavor to Chinese fermented bean pastes and soy sauces, mm. which sounds delicious to me. I love red bean. and uh, Like, that sounded odd when... I was researching it, but after tasting this, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. It, it is made from sorghum repeatedly fermented in stone brick pits, and it has large amounts of ester compounds, which impart a layered savory umami flavor. To the initiated, it is considered a complement for preserved and pickled foods. And that class was formerly known as Mao Aroma, after the best-known liquor of the class, Mao Tai. Hmm. And finally, we have rice aroma. This class of liquor is exemplified by baiju distilled from rice, such as San Huaju from Gailin. Gailin? Yulin? Not sure. Uh, this fragrance has a long history and is made from using rice-based uh, rizopus type starters. It has a clean mouthfeel and has a slightly aromatic aroma dominated by ethyl lactate with lesser flavor contributions by ethyl acetate. So it tastes and smells similar to light aroma. Yeah. Styles. Now, the other aromas we'll just touch on briefly, and they include chi aroma, also fat aroma, named after... Daoqi, the popular Chinese condiment made from fermented bean. It's a savory rice-based baiju from Guangdong, notable for the addition of pork fat during the aging process. Hmm. Then there is the extra strong aroma, 
And uh, that category refers to the liquor produced by the Jiu-Gyu distillery in Hunan, distilled from sorghum, rice, glutinous rice, wheat, and corn that has been fermented with a big chew and medicinal small chew. Hmm. There you go. And uh, Lao Bai Gan aroma, similar to light aroma baiju, but fermented with wheat-based big chew and bottled at extremely high proof, is uh, most often associated with Hengshu Ruitan Distillery <laughs> in Hebei. Uh, Sorry, I had too much. Medicine Aroma is a pungent liquor that originates at the Dongzhu Distillery in Guizhou. Uh, Medicine Aroma is distilled from the combination of two separate pit-fermented sorghum mashes, one fermented with wheat chew in a large pit and one fermented with medicinal rice chew in a small pit. There's a mixed aroma. It's getting very complex now, which isn't is, it? Yeah, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty of it here. It's a, a class of distilled liquors that is a blend of two or more varieties of baiju. As such, liquors of this class vary widely in their aroma, mouthfeel, and dryness. Now, there's only four left, so bear with me here. <laughs> Phoenix aroma is a class of distilled liquor fermented in mud pits and aged in rattan containers. Liquors of this class have a fruity taste, similar to strong aroma baiju, but also an earthier quality and an expanding finish. And uh, sesame aroma is a class of liquor distilled from sorghum, millet, or barley in stone pits with mud floors. Invented by the Jingzi distillery in the 1950s, sesame aroma employs similar production techniques to sauce aroma and has a charred nutty flavor. All I can think of now is like a really nice Chinese takeaway. Mm. Like all this talk about sauce and sesame and whatnot has got me thinking about Chinese. Yeah, true. So last two. Small chew light aroma is a style of baiju distilled with sorghum that has been fermented with rice-based small chew. And special aroma is a rice-based baiju fermented in brick pits with big chew. It originates... From the City Distillery in Jiangxi. So now I guess we should get down to a bit of history. Yeah, because we, we've we've totally done it out of order this time. Yeah, we've we've skipped right over it, and I mean Baiju's been around, as you might guess, a long ass time, but not as long as its predecessors. So the earliest uh, mention of um, anything similar to Baiju is. In the first millennium BC or BCE, um, as Chinese civilization began to take shape, wine became uh, becomes more pr- more of a prized beverage. It not only bridges worlds but peoples. The ancient kings were maintaining court brewers to craft. The ancient kings were retaining court brewers to craft drinks used to cement friendships and win over enemies. Uh, they they made. Many, many drinks, but the one that seemed to be favoured by most people was a grain alcohol fermented from naturally harvested yeast called Jew. Yeah, and you can see how when you look at that and you look at Baiju, it could easily have slowly over time transformed and become what we're drinking today. That's it? That's you skipping over the history? Oh, no. No, heaven forbid. No, I'm, I'm skipping ahead to skip back again. Gotcha. 
Yeah, because, of course, Baiju in its current form is known to have come into existence around the 2nd century BC. And there are, because anything that old has some good stories, some pretty good stories about how that came to be. Mm. Two fantastic legends, in fact. Now, the first is the legend of Yid, which tells that a consort of Yu the Great, a ruler from the Shah dynasty, commanded Yid, an imperial subject, to create a new type of wine or liquor. Yid then created Baiju, which the consort promptly referred to her lover, Yu the Great, who liked it so much that he decreed that future generations should be able to enjoy it for time immemorial. Which is, you know, it's a good story, but it's like not particularly interesting. Dude is ordered to create something, does. Makes it, everyone celebrates. Yeah. And there was much rejoicing. Right. Yay. But the second legend, which is maybe more accurate. Which is, it's, it's probably not, but it's a good one. Oh. Tells of a man named Du Kang who lived during the second, oh, sorry, who lived during the Zhao dynasty and was an exile who lived with his uncle in the forest. And one day, as the story goes, Du Kang hid some sorghum in the hole of a tree. And when he returned with his uncle a few weeks later to collect the sorghum, they noticed a beautiful and fragrant smell coming from the hole. They found that the sorghum had mixed with rainwater and fermented, transforming the mixture into a spirit. Baiju. And while they're both fantastic legends, they're not quite right. Because uh, what they're both describing is possibly called, is probably uh, Huangju, a, a sweet green wine. Because distilling didn't come to China until about the 13th century, around the same time as the Mongol hordes of Genghis Khan and his disciples smashed into China. They, as they spread across Central Asia and the Middle East, uh, Persian chemists basically unlocked the secrets of distillates and essences. And, you know, as most alcohol started out, they started out as a medicine distilling the Huangju into what is now known as Baiju. But wasn't quite the same mm. yet. So, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, as with all legends, there's a hint of truth. Hmm. Well, I'm I'm sure that the tree sap by uh, Baiju wasn't actually Baiju because they wouldn't have been able to distill it. What we're drinking is a distilled beverage. Yeah, because that that was a fermented something. Mm. But it's entirely possible that the distilled beverage you speak of that came with, you know, the alchemists from Persia, basically, mm. is what the consort invented yeah to give <laughs> <laughs> well let me just take credit for this mate <laughs> in true corporate style yeah i made this <laughs> totally made this um so it was during the ming dynasty where the earliest spirits were 
invented and spread around. Um, they were likely, like before then, it was likely a uh, distilled wine very similar, or a, yeah, as a distilled wine very similar to Iraq, a rice-based spirit. We've no, we haven't quite talked about it. Um, we've mentioned it we've from me- time to time. We've mentioned it. It's popular in Bali. It's a, a lot like vodka, like a rice-based vodka. It's not bad. Um, so they, yeah, they distilled Huangju and they started calling it Xiaoju or burnt wine. But now everyone calls it Baiju. Mm. Or clear or white Yeah, wine. I'm sure it, things like this... They probably started off as colloquialisms and became what they are, like pale ale. Like, it's not exactly pale. Like, you can get some really dark-coloured, really amber-coloured pale ales. Oh, yeah. But it's got nothing to do with the end product. It's all to do with the style of malt they used. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of the flavour of this comes from the style that they made it in. Is it still bind you? Absolutely. But what they... What they made it, which grain they used when they made it, and whether or not they aged it is going to have a clear difference on Mm. the flavor and the aroma. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I suppose at this point would be the right time, since this is a new thing we've never tried before, to ask, how many bottle caps would you give Baiju? This one? This is an eight and a half to nine. Because this is, I mean, it, my initial impression is like the smell and aroma is very, very different to everything I've had previously. Because, um, I mean, we haven't really had much exposure to Eastern alcohol aside from soju or shochu and sake. And sake, yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is very different to all of them. Yeah, but I like it. It's not an easy drink, for sure, um, but is very complex and flavorful, and I could see it pairing very, very well with Chinese-style food. Yeah, and I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you. I, I find this to be delicious and would, yeah, also give it eight and a half to nine bottle caps. Yeah, that's yeah. It's it's an incredible drink. Um, however, this is top shelf stuff, so you'd expect it to rate very highly. I would be very interested in trying some run of the mill stuff. Yeah, I, I think we can obtain some of the cheaper, more run of the mill stuff from our local bottle shop. Cool. I think maybe let's gi- let's give it a whirl. Actually, no, we couldn't. We looked. Uh, did we? We'll look it up later. Mm. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll try. We'll see. We'll see how see how we, we had go. to order it online. Yeah, that, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, but I haven't really got anything else. So that's all we've got for this episode. So time for the plugs. Yes. Yeah. If you guys liked what you heard, if you want to hear more of us rambling about weird spirits from all over the world. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. We are a good drop all about alcohol on your favorite podcast app, including Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. The list goes on. 
You can also find us on the socials, Facebook and Instagram, as a good drop podcast. Mm. And we've got a good old fashioned website, which has our backlog of previous episodes, and uh, you'll be able to read the little show notes that I put in there and find out um, what it what exactly is we are drinking on every episode. It's a goodrop.com.au. And if you've got any comments, questions, feedback, suggestions for future episodes, like we'd really love to hear some new suggestions because we are running out of ideas. <laughs> um, send us an email to a goodrop at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in next time when we do another blind taste test. What's it going to be? Mickle hasn't told me yet. Mickle, Mickle picks the. You pick the episodes. <laughs> yes, it's a mystery. It's a mystery to me, at least. And to you, gentlemen and ladies, and everyone in between. So until then, cheers. Cheers. <laughs>